Greetings one and all wherever you are in the universe and welcome to the latest episode of an espresso shot of confidence. The podcast that explores all aspects of confidence, challenges taboos and unhelpful narratives and empowers you to be awesome loudly and proudly. I'm your host, the master of awesomeness, Ashley Griffiths, and let's dive in for the next however long this episode is and talk about fears. Yes, those lovely little things that pop up in our head, in our stomach, give us goosebumps. Whenever we need to do self-promotion, public speaking, videos, interviews, presentations, pitches. That thing that makes us break out in cold sweats question whether we should run for the hills before we walk into the room that keep us awake at night when we know we have something big coming up tomorrow that make that commute yeah that make it a little bit uncomfortable sitting still when you're on the way to where you're hosting the event or where you're going to speak We live in a world full of fear. Fear of what will happen tomorrow. Fear of the economy. Fear of the environment. Fear of the unknown. And as humans, we're hardwired to feel some level of fear. It's because it's a safety mechanism. It's necessary. If we didn't feel any level of fear then we'd be constantly putting ourselves in danger. However, to quote Les Brown, too many of us are not living our dreams because we are living our fears. Constantly anticipating what might happen. Because as humans, we have the ability to tell stories create fictions. We literally create worlds within our minds. When we start daydreaming, when we talk about what might happen, when we talk about our hopes, our dreams, when we talk about all the things that might go wrong. And that anticipation of what will happen often stops us from taking action. So you may be afraid of starting a business because you think you might fail. You may not show up on social media because you feel you might be judged. You might not apply for a job because you fear you're not good enough. You may not do a video because you feel that somebody will make a comment about the way that you look and sound. So much fear. So much fear about what may happen. But what if people gain so much awesome insights from your video? What happens if you apply for that job? They love you. 
they hire you? How does that change things? What if you start a business and you find a gap in the market and people love what you do? What is possible then? Interesting stuff, right? Why don't you play with those? Why don't you play with that thought right now? Think about it. What is possible? Really play. As adults, we're not very good at this. Unless we've got kids around and they demand that we play with them, like my niece. We're not very good at imagining and playing and getting curious with all the possibilities of what could possibly happen. That could be good, that could be successful. Actually immersing ourselves in our dreams and believing that it is possible that they could come true and actually seeing ourselves within that, imagining what it would look like, feel like, how we would act, how we would dress in those moments. Do you ever do that? When you say to yourself, Oh, I would love to start a business. I would love that promotion. I would love to live abroad. Have you ever actually sat down and imagined yourself there in that moment? Or do you go, well, yeah, I would love to go, but it could be. You know, maybe we'll have problems there. Maybe we won't be able to get a good property. Maybe we'll get stuck there. Maybe we'll have problems with the language. And then you don't take that action. You don't explore moving abroad and you stay where you are in a job you don't like, in an area you don't like, in a house maybe you don't like. Because fear has got in the way. You've wrapped it up in all sorts of excuses and rationalizations, but ultimately, if you look behind that, moving abroad is the unknown. So naturally, as humans, we do fear the unknown because it's uncertain. There's no guarantees. And if you don't have any frame of reference to hold on to, your brain is going to start going, oh, no, that's scary. This happens. It happens to us all. It's a natural reaction. Because any sort of change involves a lot more brain power. And again, if you don't have that frame of reference, you don't know. Well, is it going to be okay? Is it going to be dangerous? Are we going to survive? Is it going to be the end of the world? We don't know. Hence the fact that people, let's just take the videos or public speaking, for example. When people are preparing for that or thinking about doing it and don't, it invariably comes down to the fact that they fear judgment, fear not being good enough, fear getting laughed at. So that has a negative impact on the sense of self. There's no bigger threat, certainly to the ego, than having your identity ripped apart. That's why when people go through divorce or big breakups or lose their jobs, that's why it hits them, you know, effectively like death. 
it's a punch in the stomach. It sends your brain into chaos because you don't have that anchor. And that's what we're kind of doing to ourselves every time we make a change. And <laughs> because of our brain's desire for instant gratification and the world that we live in, where everybody gets rich overnight or makes successes overnight or starts a business yesterday and a millionaire tomorrow, we go looking for that self-gratification. We, we look for that quick win, that silver bullet. And when that doesn't happen, then immediately that, that calls into question the self. And it can make things pretty scary. So for a lot of people, that's just a step too far. So they'll stay within their comfort bubbles, their comfort zones, their secure job, their safe home, the safe relationship. I won't take the risks of changing things up because that's kind of scary. Now, coming back to videos and public speaking, one of the things I often say to people when they say to me, well, I can't possibly do videos. I'm not going to do videos. They're anticipating what they think will happen. They're anticipating judgment. They're anticipating that it won't be successful, that they'll get tumbleweed, that nobody will care, nobody will listen. Maybe they'll get laughed at. So they're anticipating how that will feel like. And because they're thinking about that, they're thinking about what will happen. And coming up with all these stories, like the world will explode, my phone will spontaneously combust, um, the internet will die, I'll get banned from LinkedIn, my business will fail, I will fail, I'm a... And you know the stories, they escalate. And because that is the anchor, that acts as a block. Because I think it will happen, therefore it will, so I won't do it. I'm just going to save myself the hassle, the embarrassment, the cringe of doing that because it's going to fail anyway. So what's the point? Now, the alternative to that is actually seeing what happens. Seeing what happens by pressing that post button, launching the business, changing your jobs moving abroad, actually physically doing it, and then seeing what happens. Actually physically doing it, and then seeing what happens. So again, the example of the video. The only way that you know whether that video will do any good, whether anybody wants to see it, is by posting it. By not being a gatekeeper to your knowledge and posting the thing and letting people, I'm posting the thing and letting out, and by posting the thing, sending it out with love and letting the world decide whether it's useful for them or not. Because you can't control that. You can't control on any given day whether somebody will find information useful or not. They might not be ready to hear it, they might not even see it. The message might go out in front of the wrong audience. It happens. 
on a social media platform, you have no control over who sees that content. Now, when you're established, yes, you have a lot more control because the algorithm is well-trained. If you're getting regular engagement, people are regularly engaging on your videos, they're going to see the next one. They're going to see your next post. They're going to see your next blog. They will see it because they've either subscribed or they've interacted enough that the algorithm knows to show that content to the other person because that means the other person spends longer on their platform, which means the platform can serve them more ads. And that's how social media algorithms work. But when you're starting out, you have very little control over who will see it. Yes, there are things you could do. You can think about, okay, so when are the type of people that I want to see my video? When are they active? And post then. You could go and comment on other people's posts before you launch your video. People's behavior on social media is quite reciprocal. So if people see that you've commented on their post, the chances are, especially if that video or post shows up in their feed, they'll like or comment on yours too. But like I said, the only way to find out what will happen is by taking an action. To see what happens. Do people engage? Yes, no. Okay, yes. Brilliant. What are they saying? How can you leverage that? How can you take that and create more conversations, more content? No. Okay. Was it bad timing? Did you post at like five past midnight on a Tuesday when you know that your target audience are mostly active on social media between the hours of 9am and 10am? Well, then nobody saw it. That's why. Yes, they may see it when they log in, but you're not going to get as much reach as you would have if you'd have posted it at a time when your target audience are active. That advice is useful to say a platform like um, TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram, where there's a certain shelf life in the feed of a post. The more engagement you get to start with, the longer that life cycle will last. If you don't get so much engagement at the start, then you will get limited reach. With a platform like YouTube or even your own website, that's evergreen content. Meaning that it's there and people can search for it forever. If you have it. So when somebody bounces onto your website, they'll see your happy smiley face there greeting them, which is a hell of a lot nicer than an AI generated avatar or a load of boring text. Same with your LinkedIn profile. You could have a video up there in your featured section, which greets your audience when they bounce onto your profile, maybe even addresses some of the common issues and objections that they feel and face when it comes to working with you, hiring you, or working in their day-to-day -day life. You could have that there. It's a brilliant introduction, and that works for you 24-7. Same with your YouTube videos. Once it's up, it's up. You can adjust the descriptions. You can adjust the tags. You can play around with things as time goes on. But people can go in there anytime. So you videos can be there and you can be directing people there. You can be directing traffic all the time to your videos.
and over time you get more and more and more views and it just there it's there it's useful you can direct people there through your other videos through your blogs through your websites loads of different ways to make that work but regardless the only way that that's going to happen is if you record it and post the bloody things so if you're spending all the time thinking, no, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it, no way, not going to happen, then it's not going to happen. Because that's what you're telling yourself. So therefore you'll believe that it can't happen and therefore it won't. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And the same is true when it comes to public speaking. There's this fear of getting up on stage, of having the spotlight thrust upon you. What happens if I make a mess of it? What happens if nobody claps? What happens if everybody walks out? My personal favorite, which I've said on the podcast many times, what happens if I fall flat on my face? And there are those that feel the fear and do it anyway. And then there are those that let it get in their way and they'll find every single excuse not to do it. Which one of those are you? Now, let me just share this quote from Mark Twain because I think this is just nails it. Absolutely nails it. There are two types of speakers. Those that are nervous and those that are liars. And it is so true. It is so true. I've been doing public speaking, videos, podcasting, YouTubing. Even the other day, got up and read some poetry at an open mic. Been doing this for years. Public speaking. Masterclasses. Webinars. Whatever. And every single time I still get nervous before I press play, before I stand up, before I start speaking. I get that feeling in the stomach where I'm like, oh, my God. And I'll start pacing around the room and uh, doing all sorts of stuff. Still happens. Sometimes it's worse. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's quite quite heavy. Sometimes it's mild. Sometimes I barely even notice it. Because again, I've done it a lot now. I've got a lot of experience in doing it now. So I can question when, when I hear the narratives. Oh, it's going to be a disaster. Everyone's going to laugh at you. It's going to be terrible. And I can question that straight away and go, okay, well, when was the last time that happened? Oh, well, yeah, you remember that time when you were 15? Yes, I do. Yeah, that could happen again. Okay, that time when I was 15 and I was shy and nervous, quite anxious as a person, not very well prepared. That time? Yeah, 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 that's what's going to happen this time. Okay, so now I'm almost 44 years old. I've done loads of public speaking since. 
Every time people have laughed, it's because I've made a joke. When I've made mistakes, I've been able to roll with it. I've owned it. I've turned it into a learning point, as the case was in my last masterclass when I forgot to press the record button. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, but, but they might laugh at you and, and say, oh, God, look at the spots on that guy's face. I'm like, I'm 44 years old and the acne left the building a very long time ago. It's sorry. And at that point, voice goes scuttling over into a cave to uh, do whatever the voice does when he's in a cave. But the point being that this narrative, when you start questioning it, it's usually based in the past. That fear that something happened in the past, maybe some kids laughed at you when you were five or something like that. Or you were told you're not very good or you can't sing. And that influences how you feel. Then secondly, as we mentioned at the start, there's always that fear of rejection, that fear of not being good enough. Going on to stage of any description. And let's face it, social media is a stage. But in any time, whether any public speaking, whether you are doing it from the comfort of your own home or you're going to a client or you've been invited on stage or you're doing a TEDx, spotlight's on you. It's just you and everybody's looking at you. That involves a, a huge amount of vulnerability and courage to put yourself in that place. But my question to you regarding that is why are you there on the stage with the spotlight on you? Have you been invited as the comedy relief so people can throw tomatoes at you like Fozzie the Bear? <laughs> or have you been invited because people are interested in what you have to say? And if indeed they are interested in what you have to say, what does that say about you? Does that say that you are knowledgeable, an expert in the room? So are they there to watch you fail or are they there to learn? To be inspired, to be empowered, to sit under your learning tree for however long it is. Or maybe it is that you're there to entertain or edutain in the current vernacular. It's one of the things I absolutely love doing on social media, media, making entertaining videos to illustrate key points. Because it's social media, it's life. Where there's light, where there's dark, there needs to be light. Where there's serious, there needs to be humor. We're all about balance as human beings. So you're on the stage. You're on the stage because you've been invited, because you're the expert in the room. You know your stuff. People want to see you succeed. But you've got this absolute maelstorm of carnage in your stomach. Your hands are sweating. You're terrified. It's the first time you've done it. Got no experience doing this. Scared. 
You've never done like TEDx before. It's your first time. This is big. This is going to be on the internet. And that feeling in your stomach is just like, oh my God, this is going to be, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. Oh my God, I'm going to fail. It's going to be horrible. Or you're just about to record a video or do a live on Facebook. Oh my God, oh my God, what are people going to say? 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 Okay. So I just want you at that moment when you're about to go live, whatever it is, be that in person, online. I want you to know this. Now, right now, you're saying that feelings around you is fear, is anxiety, is terror. And you're thinking and you're anticipating, what if it goes wrong? Now, I just want you to scan your body and think about how you feel right now. What's happening in your body when you think about that, about going live, about doing public speaking, about doing a video? Maybe your hands are a little bit clammy. Maybe you've got butterflies in your stomach. Maybe your eyes feel like you've had about 200 cups of coffee. Maybe you're sweating. Maybe you're pacing around the room. And now I want you to compare to how you feel, what happens in your body after you've come off a roller coaster, after you've won a race, after you get the news that you've got a job. After you get a win in a raffle or the bingo or even the lottery, what's happening in your body now? Are you sitting still? Are you calm? Is your voice very neutral? Or are you bouncing off the walls, can't sit still, hands are going all over the place, your voice is rising up and down like the bloody roller coaster? you got feeling in your stomach. There's butterflies bouncing around all over the place. Quite similar, aren't they? Those feelings. That feeling of fear and excitement. From a physiological point of view, there's not much difference between fear and excitement. It's driven by adrenaline that's released in both of those situations. The only difference is one, we perceive a threat. The other, we perceive as an opportunity, as something that we desire. But it comes from the same place, from a body point of view. It's adrenaline coursing through your veins. I just want to share this quote as well here. Fear is excitement without the breath. And we can thank Robert Heller for that quote. And it's so true, because when the fear kicks in, our breath becomes... (laughs) Maybe we're not breathing. Maybe we're holding our breath. And when we're excited as well, we'll also notice that our heart rate picks up, that we're moving around a lot. So what you can do in that situation is change the narrative. Before you go live, before you press the play button, the record button, the live button, before you start speaking, before you go on stage, think about why you're here. What is it that you're doing? What are you going to get from showing up? What is it that you want from sharing your knowledge? Because you agreed to do this for a reason. You applied for a reason. 
Are you doing it because it's a passion subject and you know that by sharing your passion, you can help many other people? Are you doing it because you know that your story will help other people? Are you doing it to get extra eyeballs on your business? To generate more leads, more sales? To spread the word about what it is you do? Are you doing it to spread the word on something that people don't know anything about? They need to know about it. So maybe you're working for a charity, a non-profit. Or maybe you help people with their health, their gut health, with their mental health. And you're going to bring to light key elements of research that you use with your clients. So what is it that you are trying to achieve by being in that room? Because again, remember, you agreed to be there. You applied to be there. So there is a key reason that you are there. So say you got invited to speak in a group. What is it that they needed from you? What information, what value do they believe that you have? And for you personally, what is it that you were trying to do by sharing that information? What is the goal? What is the objective? So focus on those things. Now, I guarantee that if you were doing any form of public speaking, you're going to be talking about the subject that you're passionate about. So let that passion come out. Let that passion drive it. Let it push it through. Let those butterflies that you now perceive to be fear, let them become butterflies of joy that bounce around and fly around the room that are so excited, so absolutely enthralled to be sharing the knowledge that you have with the world. You're so pumped. You can't, you're, you're, you're like, wow, I, I've got this amazing opportunity. This audience of people that really, really want to hear my message. They are here. They need to hear it. They want to hear it. And I am excited to share it. How does that feel? Just thinking about that. Thinking about getting on video, sharing that message with people specifically that you are aiming to speak with. By getting on stage, sharing a message that you've been invited to share and you really want to share and you know there's people in the crowd that really want to hear it. Feels awesome, right? I'm getting excited just thinking about it. I want to go out and record. I want to go out and do some public speaking right now. It's such an amazing feeling. It truly is. You know, when I think back about how triggering and upsetting and traumatic I used to find the whole idea about getting up on stage, about speaking in front of people, about getting on a microphone. So much fear got in the way. So many missed opportunities. And now you give me a spotlight, I'm going to take it. I can't wait. Yeah. When do you want me to speak? <laughs> Absolutely. I look forward to having an audience now. Irrespective of whether I'm in the room right now talking on my microphone, looking at a webcam, because I know you are there. I know you're listening. I know you're watching. And I'm excited to share this message with you because I know 
if you've got to this point in the podcast, there is something that's holding you back from doing public speaking, holding you back from getting on video. And I just want to invite you to challenge the narrative that's in your head, the narrative that's saying you can't do it, the narrative that's saying you're not good enough, the narrative that says you're going to get rejected. And spin that on its head and go, what is possible right now? What if people love what I've got to say? What if I generate leads from the presentation I do in a group? What if somebody sees my video on LinkedIn and reaches out to me saying, could we have a call? I think we could do some business together. What is possible? What do you want to be possible in that situation? Sit with that. Feel it. Immerse yourself within those questions. And then when the opportunity comes to do the video, do the live, do the public speaking. Keep that goal in mind. Know that you are the expert in the room. Have that belief in yourself that you are going to do it. That you're going to be successful. Know that. Feel that. Do it. And know that with each time you do it, you're going to get better. Each time you'll get stronger, more confident, your delivery will improve. You'll learn different ways to present the material. This is all part of the process. But for the first time, focus on these things. Believe that you can do it. Have the courage to do it. Take the time to prepare. Control what you can control. Your environment. The way you deliver things. Your slides. The room. The light. When you do it. How you feel beforehand in terms of making sure you eat a good night's sleep. Drinking water. Whatever it is that you need to do to get into the zone. Dressing up, not dressing up, putting on makeup, don't put on makeup, do your hair, don't do your hair. Whatever it is that enables you to be at your best, make sure you do that before you come into the room and go for it. Make sure you're prepared. Have a B plan. You know, you go in live, maybe the slides will go wrong, maybe the internet will go down. Have a B plan and understand that things do go wrong. Own it. Make fun of it. Have a joke about it. Then continue. And every single time, reflect at the end. Celebrate what you did well. And look at ways that you could improve in the areas that you weren't so happy. Is there a way to streamline your speech? Is there a way to get straight to the point? Maybe you need to change your setup. Maybe you need to focus on different material because certain aspects of your material didn't really hit with the audience. Maybe you need to read the room more. 
and instead of sticking strictly to a plan, make it more interactive. Dare to go off on a tangent based on the way that people are reacting to the things you're saying in the room. If you've opened the floor to questions or you're running a masterclass or a workshop or anything like that and you hear a question and you hadn't really planned for that but you know you can help with that, then adjust, then adjust as you fly. And again, with each iteration, each time you do a video, each time you do a live, look back on that, reflect upon that. And while you may be tempted to compare yourself to the more, to expert public speakers, influencers, all of that, I'm going to give you this final bit of advice. And this is your espresso shot of confidence for today. When you compare, compare to yourself yesterday. Compare to yourself one week ago, one year ago, one month ago, two years ago. And reflect on how far you've come along that path, how far you have grown, how far you have developed, how much more confident you are in your delivery now. And reflect upon the fact that people actually say that when they hear you, when they see you, when they hear you, when they watch your videos. They're like, wow, check you out. You're so confident. You're so natural. And let that in. Feel good about it because you're doing awesome. Every time you show up, it is an awesome thing. You're doing the world a service by sharing your knowledge. And I thank you for that. And I'm sure there's many others that will thank you for it too. So speaking of thank yous, I'd like to thank you, our awesome listeners, for listening to this latest episode of An Espresso Shot of Confidence. And also, I invite you to subscribe wherever you listen and watch this to get notifications of when the next episode drops. And all that is left to say as a ride off into this late September sunset is don't forget to be awesome.